0: Insights to Live By, the podcast. Discovering new pearls of wisdom to enrich our lives. What is a parent to do? Hello and welcome to Insights to Live By, I am your host, Matt Zinman. We have a very special show here today. So grateful to have you. Thank you for being here. We are going to take somewhat of a walk on the serious side of an ever-present topic that's also very close to my heart. And when we talk about parents, we're also naturally also talking about kids. And lots happening. Uh, still in and coming out of the pandemic. I don't think it's uh, a, uh, an unknown topic that there's a, a sub pandemic that is part of the equation. And joining us is among one of the world's top experts on children's mental health. She is an author of a new book called It's Gonna Be Okay. She's a keynote speaker, a course developer, and an all around very nice person, to say the least. Dr. Roseanne Kapana Hodge. Welcome to the show. Great to see you.
1: Thank you for that. I pride myself on being a nice person. That's what I remember in your intro, just because you never know what's going on with somebody and you should always go out of your way to be nice to people. It just has a ripple effect. You know what I mean? So, and it warms my heart. It does me good. So, you know, it's a great reminder,
0: you know, and, and, and as with uh, so many wonderful people, I got to meet you through clubhouse yeah. And uh, making special appearances in my defeating depression club at times when possible. But this book just came out this month.
1: So yeah. You're you're hot ticket. I know. I'm so excited. And, and in and despite Amazon trying, to, well, Amazon made me change the title. That's a good story. So it's it's going to be OK. And then it was supposed to be proven ways to reverse your child's mental health. And they told me that I could sell it on Amazon, but I could never run an ad. They would never let me in any way, shape or form, say the word reverse Ah. and not in the description, not in the title, nothing. So we've made it to proven ways to improve your child's mental health. So, um, and please know it has over 40 pages of research citations, single spaced. So Wow. It's so I wanted people to know there's lots of things we can do to change our mental health um and you know be inspired for that change, right? You know that there's really like we are the driver of our physical and mental health. And, you know, that's my whole mission. So I'm excited, but it was a, it's, it's in a bestseller in three categories. So I'm, it's getting out there and people are learning about it. And thanks to people like you who are on a mission like me to help people with their mental health.
0: Of course, you know, and, and back to, you know, the, the comment you made, and I I know we've had this exchange, you just never know what's going on for people. Um, So difficult in and around kids. I've got so many questions, of course, that we're going to get into also in and around parents and modeling. Uh, But I I wonder, uh, have you have you had time to stay on Clubhouse in the meantime, or you're just like, it's oh, I'm in and out. You,
1: you know, out. I have all these friends around clubhouse and have, you know, rooms. I even have a room. I have, I've only been in there once, you know, it's clubhouse is a cool place to be. There's so much learning. I, I like to think of it as like eighties talk radio, okay. except it's a mastermind, right? You get these like top people. Where you would never, you know, like I was on Clubhouse doing something, and you know, Greg Luganis was in there listening to me the entire time, right? And I was like, When would I be with Greg Luganis? Famous you know he, diver,
0: Olympic diver,
1: Olympic diver, people. Because not everybody is up from our, yeah, you no, know, not
0: everyone knows Greg.
1: Yeah, and he was really super, super well known for a lot of reasons. I mean, he was just one of the most famous Olympic divers, you know, um, and he was on the cover of Wheaties and, you know, all those things. And so you just don't know who you're going to meet.
0: It's true. It's true. And uh, I think you described it really well. And it, it is, it, it is, can it can be, you know, drinking from three fire hoses at once. <laughs> and, and, It's like, you know, take notes and it's masterminds and people are so gracious and generous. And I know we try to do the same thing, you know, in in playing our part on there. And, you know, it's all about giving, but then how do you catch up with yourself, you know, or or everything else in in terms of the notes? Um, I, I really have to like carve time just to get away from it, to catch up with it. Yeah, is, is, is really where I'm at. So I'm definitely
1: not on it as much as I was. And, um, and and I would be there just, you know, for people to be there who are listening. I was there listening too. there's a lot of diverse topics. And um, like I'm rebranding my own podcast and I've been listening to the podcast one every morning. So I had been doing that for weeks and then I feel like, wow, I got out what I needed to do and um, called my pod ta- podcast editor full of ideas and, and we were able to go from there. So it's a lot of cool learning going on there.
0: Yeah, you know, and uh, I've, I've yet to say this to the audience, but uh, in uh, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere in six to eight weeks from now, uh, some of my guests will be live on clubhouse I'm, in, I'm, cool. I'm trying to technically figure out how to integrate right because you're going through the phone and you need the sound quality yeah you know not not my forte on all the tech stuff it's taking me a little time to figure out but i didn't think you were the right person to do a trial run i'm just gonna say no
1: too important <laughs> you need um, a um a road mic and the Rodecaster. i have Nixon. the roadcaster yeah you'll be able to figure it out okay
0: well if, all right you can do it Matt. I've got this. I've already done it. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So, yeah, I, I, I know it's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun to goof around and, you know, you and I have, uh, you know, a nice rapport, but we do have a serious topic here. And, uh, and, and there are a few things that come to mind. Certainly, you know, immediately is the pandemic itself, all the changes that people have gone through, the changes that are forthcoming as well let's talk trends what are some of the things that you uh, have observed through you know some of the data maybe that's coming out of yeah. it and what you foresee i'll just leave it open-ended there
1: yeah so let's even start right before the pandemic so you know before the pandemic we were already seeing an uptick in mental health issues amongst kids the average age of anxiety disordering is age six Um, that's the onset age. Um, and you know, one in two children in America have a physical or mental health problem and, you know, suicide rates doubled from 2010 to 2017. It went up 56%. So in what age group in 10 to, um, 18 year olds. That's scary. Very scary. So, so that's pretty unbelievable. So in January of 2020, I started the Global Institute of Children's Mental Health because I was like, you know, I'm on this mission to change the way we view and treat children's mental health. I've got to get out there. And you know what, this is what this institute is about. It's what all my work's about. And you know, what has happened in this pandemic? So we have survey research out of Asia, Europe, and the United States. They are all the same. An uptick in anxiety, an uptick in depression, um, and increased suicidal thoughts and ideation amongst youth. Um, what, What kind of data do we have around that? So, you know, the fifth largest school district in the United States, Clark County, which is Las Vegas, in the middle of the pandemic, they brought their kids back right? Even though they were all 100% virtual because they had over 3,000 complaints or, or not complaints. They had 3,000 uh, documented instances of kids either attempting suicide or having suicidal thoughts. So they said, guess what? Mental health is as important, if not more than physical health. We've got to bring the kids back. So then that you know, brought down the level of distress. Um, another huge kind of like what wow kind of statistic that came out through survey research is that 50% of teens and young adults who have an immediate family member who had COVID has moderate to severe depression. So that the impact of COVID fear, you know, loss, grief, right? We don't know what happened. These are people that just got COVID. We don't know what the outcomes were. Right. It's highly, highly stressful. And I think it's a tipping point for people. And you know what, what have I seen overall? I have never seen more people with such distress than I have right now. And it is like every income level, every every race, everything, age. I mean, it's it's a lot. I think younger kids are faring. Better than older kids, if and this is a big if, Matt, their parents are holding it together. Right. Their parents have found a way to kind of recalibrate and get through this. Um, and because kids rely on their mental health, younger kids, they look to us, right? They co-regulate all our kids, co-regulate with us. We got our stuff together. Our kids are more likely to have our stuff together. It's not, it's not across the board people, but they pick up on all those subtle behavioral components of our stress levels or low stress levels. Um, and so that's called a fancy word called co-regulation. Um, and hello, we're better parents when we take care of ourselves, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I think overall, the the teenagers and young adults who've had all these social restrictions um, because of COVID, they've been really impacted. But I think the parents are tend to be the biggest impact, just the stress of homeschooling, financial worries, job worries in, in whether it's a loss of job or just having to work from home. Most Child people are care. Not out for it. Right, Matt?
0: It's, it's, it, there's so many overlaying, overlapping um, uh, aspects to it. And, you know, when you talk about the the parents just trying to hold it together and the modeling behavior, uh, it, it's starting there or the opposite of a parent who's trying to hold it together is holding it together, but then has the challenge of how do I handle, a, you know, my child that isn't yeah. quite doing as well. Uh, and, and, and already whether... You know, you started saying things that are you know, already trending before the pandemic. You know, whether that's in and around uh, technology and insulation. Uh, you know, somewhat. You know, would you say this is the loneliest generation? You know, and if it oh. wasn't lonely enough already, it was. It, it's yeah. lonelier now with the isolation. Uh, and you know, I, I think, honestly, Doctor Rowe, I think back to last summer, early in the pandemic, and uh, I I actually went to the, to the beach. It was, you know, it was like an off day, you know, not very crowded and, uh, you know, everything was just so, you know, we not really still sure what's going on here. And I, I still distinctly recall this, this, and it's so normalized now, but at the time, um, a father and his two kids and they were, I mean, it had to be maybe a three-year-old girl, a five-year-old boy wearing their masks and, and, and we're on the open beach. I mean, there's no one around. And I just thought to myself, like, they don't know any different. This is right. what normalcy is to them. They start, it's not even that they, they had to go from no mask to mask. All <laughs> they know is the mask at that age. And what kind of anxiety does that produce by itself? Oh, wear your mask, right? As opposed to even having to switch off and do that. And I, I, I imagine you, you'd agree. There's so much that we still don't know, even though that data is well, still coming out. You
1: know, and absolutely. We, we still don't know. And I think here's what, it, here's what I think about the mask. People have very strong opinions about the mask they mask and do. when it started, parents were up in arms. I'm going to tell you, kids don't care. They don't care. You know what they care about? They want to be with other kids. So they got to put a darn mask on. You ask any teacher these kids, they were like, I never, ever had a problem with a kid wearing a mask. They just want to be around other kids. They don't care anything. Here's where the mask interferes with things. You don't get to see the smiles in the same way, right? right? right. So then where are you reading these body signals, right? This, This is already a generation of kids that don't have free play have parents that are all over them and helicoptering them. And, you know, these are kids that don't have independence. They don't know how to work through things. They don't have coping skills. They have zero stress tolerance. And then we're doing things like hiding our nonverbal language. I'm more concerned about that. Kids will get through this and how we reassure our kids is how they're going to cope with it. I mean, that's, that's, you know, one of the the top predictors of mental health is actually maternal mental health of a child, right? So that means what we're doing, what we're showing our kids more than what we're saying. I'm not saying you're yelling at your kids and that's going to be a good thing, but like we really provide that grounding, that balance, not perfection, people. Don't ever try to be a perfect parent. in fact, when you make mistakes, make sure to show your kids and let them know Whether it's apologizing or using humor, I'm a big fan of making everything funny, even serious stuff, because it lets your kids know, hey, we're going to talk about stuff. It doesn't have to be a screaming match. Like you want to give your kids an opportunity no matter what is going on. They can come and they can talk to you and you're going to be there and you're going to be present. And that's what's going to help you when your kids have real stuff to deal with. Not that they didn't get the blue folder because- they wanted the blue folder because that's the kind of stress kids are under, right? They they have such a sense of, I must have this. I must be a certain way and they fall apart. So um, I, I think the masks were more triggering for adults than they were for kids. That's what yeah. I'm seeing with kids. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and,
0: and of course, we're, we're, we're coming up on going through, uh, you know, the reverse transition of people, you know, op- things opening back up, going back to school. Yes. Maybe there's some anxiety around that, you know, just any kind of change yeah. is, is a challenge. Let me ask you this, Dr. Rowe. The other, you know, as a parent myself, I mean, my kids are, you know, my, my son's coming up on 21. I'm, a, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, out of the uh, the window to a degree that we're talking about, but not entirely. Um, but when it talks to when it, when it comes to communicating with your kids, checking in with your kids, because some of the stuff can still be hidden. You might think they're doing all right. Yeah. you Hope they're doing okay. You're almost afraid to engage with them for fear that that would trigger a problem. Right. That isn't there. How does a parent handle that conversation if if that's if they don't have that open rapport already, and you want to check in with your kid, and you want to help your you know yourself and your your child navigate? Um, this. What does that conversation look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, so first of all, conversations about, you know, heavy subjects or little subjects, um, you know, it comes through time, right? And so when I talk about conversing about mental health with kids, I talk about the four C's, right? So the first part is connecting, right? So you don't get to just punch in one time and be like, so is this mask thing upsetting you? Are you feeling depressed about it? Right. right. And I laugh because you like a teenager is going to probably be like, get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I and, yes, exactly. And so you want to spend time. Right. And then, you know, and then you want to comfort, right? Like when a kid is upset or you always want to be there and you want to be a source of comfort, not over reassurance, but like to be there as a solid person to know that. And, it, and, it, and then you want to have regular communication. Like I share things with my kids, like, You know, we, I had something really heavy happen to me this year. I had a a friendship breakup, a long-term friendship breakup. Let me tell you son, I'm Italian and I'm Aquarian. I'm your friend for life. Okay. And I, I, when I really make a deep connection with people, I'm a forever friend, but it was time for the friendship to end. And it was a grieving process. Now I wasn't a hot mess at home. But I, my kids did see me cry, they did see me get upset. And I did talk about that with them. And I was even I was developmentally appropriate I have a teenager and a 10 year old. um, And so I was able to explain that, you know what I mean. And so and this friend did something wrong to my family. And I was like, we're a package deal. What I said to her is we're a package deal. Right. So that's how it works. Okay. And you don't get to be friends with Dr. Rowe if you're not friends with my family and somebody in my family has mental health issues. And so sometimes that's a repeller to people. Well, tough nookies. So you can make friends with other people and you don't have to come out, come to my pool pool. Okay. So, um, but it, it, it came through conversation and it was a lesson for them, and again, I did it in a very developmentally appropriate way. We talked about it. This is somebody they knew. This is somebody who was like in my life for for their entire lives. They don't know that she that she wasn't there. Right, and so it's a I loss mean,
0: for them too. Right, you're going through it,
1: and it's right. a loss for yeah. them. Right, you know what I mean. So, and and I didn't speak ill of the person. I just explained, you know, what it was. But I also really talked about me and the time that I needed and that I needed to grieve and that you know, mommy's, you know, going to be, going to be upset for a little bit and stuff like that. And her belly hurts. Cause that's what happens to me when I get really upset is my belly will bother me. Mm-hmm. So it was a great point for me to be like, what kind of things upset you what's going on? What do you do? So they get to see me managing it. And that was a big thing, but in the little things make a big difference too. Like, you know, like, <laughs> Uh, I tell everybody this, I got pulled, I got a speeding ticket in the fall. Well, it was long overdue, Matt. Hard to believe,
0: hard to believe you, you know, heavy foot.
1: Right, I'm a heavy foot. So, (laughs) so it was long overdue. I got the ticket. This was my opportunity, right? I had the 10 year old in the back and he was like, mommy, you're getting pulled over. And I was like, it's okay. It's gonna be okay. I'm long overdue. And he was like, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we were they able know. to laugh about it. And yeah. I got him to school and I was like, how you feeling about it? And he's like, I, I find this thing actually a little embarrassing. And I was like, good, okay. <laughs> Like, I didn't want him to get upset and wanted to think whatever. And I also said, like, I didn't swear. I didn't get, you know, I use this as a learning opportunity. So communication is really important. And then you want to be really conscientious. You want to look for signs that your kid is distressed. So when you have conversations with your kids and they're like, you're like, um, you know, this is a true story. This happens to me every day. And you're like, are you, are you feeling sad about that? No, I'm not feeling sad about that. Right. People do this all the time. Head, head nod one body, way
0: and right.
1: Right, Matt? Yeah, like their yeah. body doesn't agree. Got it. Yeah. I want to
0: describe to, because someone might just be hearing this audibly. Right. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> so you're, shaking, <laughs> so you're your shaking
1: your head. You're shaking your head forward. forward. Yes. Yeah. And you re- are saying no, right? right. Or, or you're saying I'm not distressed and you look like you're, 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 you know, freezing and you're scrunched up and you look different, there's a disconnect. Look to what your kids are showing you, Mm. not just what they're saying. For many reasons, sometimes kids don't have that insight and they may not be connecting what they're feeling, but you'll see somatic signs like sleep difficulties, headaches, belly aches, um, you know, uh, head, head pain, different things. Or you'll see a change. So if you see these things, this is these are points of can, you want to connect, you want to comfort, and you want to you want to talk. And the talking is never a Spanish Inquisition. And if it has to start with examples from you, then that's really what you need to do. Hmm.
0: So I wonder what. While I understand that there's obviously you know no universal uh, uh, approach because everyone is so different. Can you speak to some of the dividing lines between when there's a, a you know when a parent encounters a certain challenge you know to, to support their child to get them uh, you know to back on track or just make sure that communication line is there and you can kind of handle that within the family unit versus I really think I need to get my my kids some support I need gonna you know, need to get some professional support and what kind of signs is a parent looking for to recognize like i can't i can't quite do this on my own maybe my child needs to see a therapist and i know we also do need to get into uh because you you are more more holistic approach i think my sense is that you're less you know medication is uh you know last resort type uh type thing so i certainly want to get to that as well but but let's reverse um a, a step back when should a parent Uh, seek help for beyond themselves for their, for their child?
1: You know, so first of all, like I said, you want to look for signs, right? So if you, you were seeing that change in behavior um, you are trying to communicate with your kid and, you know, in my book, it's going to be okay. Yes, Matt, I am all about proven holistic therapies. We shouldn't even call these things holistic therapies. We should just be saying, here's what the science shows us, right? So the science shows us that, you know, when we focus on deactivating the the central nervous system and getting it to regulate, you know, what happens? The brain goes back online. um, We're able to think and take action differently. We're able to communicate differently. We're able to regulate our emotions differently. It's just what happens. So I always say parents need to start there, right? And so in the book, I dive into all these different ways to do it. But the best way to do it, first of all, is put your oxygen mask on and take care of yourself. But the number one way to start, it all starts with breath. It all starts with regulating your breath, doing belly breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. I don't care if your kid's one, I don't care if your kid's 37. cause I get parents who have 37 year olds that are struggling. I mean, this is, this is the world we live in, right? Um, you really want to teach them to, that's the quickest way to get you out of a stress activated state, which is a sympathetic dominant down into this regulated parasympathetic. So that's where parents can start. So instead of not that talking isn't important, but sometimes it can be very tough for kids. And I mean, kids, it could be your 21 year old too, right? So let's work on finding different ways or many, many, many ways. And that's just one of the ways and start there and then try to focus on, you know, teaching coping skills and strategies. So when parents have done some of these things, this is when you say, I'm not getting anywhere or I'm getting worse. Nobody ever regrets help. They only regret when they don't. Hmm. And, um, many people miss the signs that their kids are struggling, particularly because many kids can still hold it together at school and be great. students. Right. They hide it, they especially, hide especially it. the teens especially, but even our little kids, they they just want to people, please. Right. And so we use in America, we use grades as a benchmark for mental health. I'm going to tell you out of all the things that go wrong, besides number one, parents not trusting their gut, right? Hmm. It's the quick second is that they're using these grades as a benchmark, even though they say, you know what? My kid literally has like a headache on Sunday to Thursday not, not on Friday night, not on Saturday night, or they're throwing up. I mean, those are two of my most common things. And these could be like straight A, you know, or they don't have the same friends anymore, or they had a girlfriend or boyfriend break up, or my kid never gets invited to a birthday party. You know, these are huge, important things. So- getting help. You want to, you know, find a trusted source, right? So that could be, you know, asking your physician, you know, maybe it's joining a parenting community, something like I have, or whatever speaks to you. Maybe it's starting with this book, but you want to get help because you can get parent coaching. You're not doing anything wrong, but you're going to somebody who I like to think of it as has the hacks, right? You're, you're, they have all that training about parenting that we, you know, you don't get when you're a parent, right? You just are able to have a baby after you conceive, right? You know, and and then you get a kid who shows up at your door who might be a challenge.
0: Fair enough. The unexpected.
1: Yeah. Unexpected. I mean, you know, sometimes it's a humbling experience. Like um, I have a friend of mine and she has three kids and her youngest was struggling Um, late as a teen, a later teen, and she was like, I I didn't even know what to do because I never had any experience. And you know, I'm in my 50s, I've never had any experience with a difficult kid. And all of a sudden, my kid at 15 starts getting difficult. Well, something happened to trigger that, but she was like, I literally am totally ill equipped. I had no idea it's a humbling experience. Yes, it is.
0: Well, there, I imagine you're also at that age, or even a little younger, getting into substance abuse
1: well that's exactly what's going on right? right talk
0: about the you know a few years ago you know that that window of time where everyone was vaping
1: oh yeah right? i was on tv talking about that all the time that was two years ago yeah yeah,
0: yeah. everyone got caught in that whole vape uh, trend and then uh you know what does that lead to and and on and on and you know
1: well it, listen when you have an unresolved mental health issue you don't feel good about yourself you don't have self-esteem you don't have confidence You're going to be more likely to do at risk things, which is not just, you know, addictive behaviors can be anything from sex to food to drugs and alcohol. There's a whole spectrum thing. Or you do the opposite, you pull out and you totally cut people off, you know, and uh, I think that's one of my biggest concerns of this pandemic you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, I, I coined the term reentry panic syndrome and getting back into the world and people being panicked. Now we're talking about reentry anxiety. I think we need to talk about reentry socialization. Right. I mean, some people are like, I mean, even my kids are like, I don't really feel like going on vacation anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? We were on vacation all the time. And they were like, eh, we like going to Grammys at the beach. Grandpa Bob lives over there on the lake. We're good. I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, we'll have to re-enter the word. They're not scared. They're just kind of like, mm, I don't like going to the airplane anymore at 4 a.m., mommy, you know?
0: Well, even like you said, I think the re-entry um, socialization is, uh, I'm not sure if that's a, a term that's been coined per se. It, it sounds like the right one. Uh, and even kids who maybe like my, my, my stepdaughter, uh, 16, she goes to cyber school now. You know, she's not, going to go back to the regular high school and there are ways that she needs to compensate in terms of her socializing which isn't really an issue quite honestly but the same thing is that they have a freedom to to a certain degree in terms of the way they, they are now schooled that they will not they will no longer have as well it's not just the so you know it's like now i gotta get up for a school bus now i have to get oh yeah absolutely a whole other rhythm i gotta
1: like get some lunch bunny or whatever i'm doing right exactly so uh,
0: suggestions
1: about that in particular uh, yeah you know i i think first of all i think that um People, people are going to re-enter the world in the way that's best for them, and I think we shouldn't be criticizing people. There's so much like criticism about masks and vaccinations and this. Just do what's best for yourself without criticizing people. I think that would just tamp down this. Oh my gosh, this volatility and this sense of who heightens feelings in the world right now, right? If we all just take care of ourselves, we'll all be better, right? So number one, that I think that's most important and you have to do what's best for you and your family. So that might mean that you might be in a disagreement with your immediate family, like your sister's kids or whoever it is. And I think just being clear about what your limits are is what you should say. And you shouldn't have to explain yourself, right? So I think that is really important and that's called boundary setting people. So if you're an adult, is <laughs> one of the pillars of mental health is boundary setting. Um, and so that's where you first have to start. And then you have to say, okay, I, what's my plan here? Am I taking things slow? Am I so afraid that I'm actually panicked and anxious and depressed to get back in the world? Then you got to really be like, wait, I need some help here. I need somebody to help me with those feelings. Um, especially, you know, you know, your people are people in the world as a couple, as a parent, your behavior is going to impact other aspects of your life, including your job too. So you want to take care of yourself. If you're worried about going back into the world and socializing and it's really stopping you and you want it to be different well, you need some help. But I think the first step is to just do small incremental components, right? Like go out to the park. Nobody says you have to go to a restaurant inside. Like just get out there. You know what I mean? Like
0: baby steps, uh,
1: baby steps, maybe your comfort level is hanging out, right? So I have a kid with PANS who is an infectious disease trigger, um, does really, really well. And so we hang out with one family, which is actually two sisters and they don't go out with anybody either. So we hang out and, um, and, and we have to be more conscientious of infection for him. So we're not afraid. We don't make a big deal out of it, but you know, that's who we hang out with most of the time anyway, because those girls like to cook and they they know how to have a good time. So I like hanging out with them. So sounds like
0: (laughs) a good time. I was like, good cooking. Uh, So um, let's talk about continuing on. I know we've covered this to a certain degree, but you know, specific to your book, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, You know, promoting good coping skills and resilience in kids, something called the reps protocol.
1: Yeah. Right. Let's go there. Yeah, so you know the reps protocol was actually born out of reentry panic syndrome. So it's something that I use with kids. It's something that I use with businesses, with adults, and it's really four steps to reducing stress or anxiety. And anybody can do it of any age. And so it starts with respirate that breath, um, and then it's envision, which is visualizing. P is positivity in your thoughts and your language, and S is stress management. And so. When we start with that breath, I love to do a four, seven, eight breath. So in for four, hold for seven, and then out for eight. And then doing that three times in a row, at least three times a day helps to get you into that relaxed parasympathetic straight state. So, you know, everything I do is total geeky neuroscience informed. Um, and that's so, so important. There are other kinds of breaths. That's just my fave. Um, and you can do like a box breath four, 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 you can do, um, yoga breath, as long as you're doing what's called that belly breath and kids can do bubble breathing, you know, wherever you are. And people sometimes will say, I'm so anxious and so depressed. I can't breathe. Start, just try, try one at a time because that's going to really anchor you. Um, and then envision and positivity. I like to put together. We have to see ourselves you know, being well, we have to see ourselves if if we have a problem, like we're a kid who easily stressed. Like, what does it look like when um, you're having difficulty with George on the bus stop? Like, you know, okay, what's a solution for that? Okay, and you have to use positive words. Like I'm gonna get along with George on the bus stop. We're going to play soccer because we always do well when we play soccer. You literally have to teach yourself, your kids, to say these things, because as you know, Matt, you know, we're rough on ourselves. We say terrible things to ourselves in the inside. Right. I mean, nobody is as terrible to us as we are to ourselves and Too your true. brain will believe anything you tell it. So why don't we tell it good stuff, right? You got to catch yourself in the first
0: place. So yeah. you're, I love about, you know, you're talking about being proactive, which is of course what you can do to take control, but then all the things that are constantly under the surface that are a little you know those those recordings a little autonomic yeah that are going not even realizing that you're being as hard on yourself as you are until it's too late so you know well the, you have
1: to conscientiously do this this doesn't happen yeah. like we're used to you know like i have a magic wand on my desk for people that are listening i'm pulling out a magic I wand
0: magic wand
1: yeah you right. yeah
0: have, so I'm gonna, it's going to
1: put it, something in them. I'm going to come back to the magic wand, come back to the magic wand right. because people think there's a pill that's going to fix things. Right. Oh. And so I'm not opposed to medication. It's just particularly for children it should absolutely never be the first thing. Absolutely. 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 We are doing a disservice with well, 70% of the time they're it's off label, which means there's no research to substantiate it. Really? And yet parents think because they're being told they're good people there, there, I talk about the healing pyramid and I say on the top is a physician. Well, it should be you and you need to kick your physician off and you need to put yourself there. And when you do that, you start to realize, you know, my book, it's going to be okay to walk you through these eight pillars. Um, we need to realize there's a, there's a lot more we can do. And, My last part of the reps is S, which is stress management. And that means we need to be proactive, right? So 10 minutes a day or more, you need to pick something, breath work, yoga, prayer, meditation, biofeedback, neurofeedback. You know, there's other things I didn't leave. I, you know, you've got to do it. It's literally only 10 minutes. And we do want to sort of stress inoculate ourselves By keeping our nervous system regulated, because when our nervous system is regulated, it just doesn't react the same way. So, catchy, you know, on a bad day when I got pulled over, maybe I would have started crying, right? I don't think so, because that's just not who I am. But somebody else, maybe that would have. If you're so stressed out, you're so maxed out.
0: Right. Blood gates open.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You don't realize, right? You're, 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 Kind of a bomb waiting to go off type thing, yeah. And, and it's easy to it's easy to blink and have days go by and not even take ten minutes. You know, if you've got to set and alert on your phone or, or or anything. And 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 to your mention, by the way, I know you're very much into biofeedback, neurofeedback. Uh, let's not assume everyone knows the uh, yeah. what they are or the yeah. difference. Let's take a few minutes on education with this.
1: Yeah, let's talk about it because there's people all over the world. Um, And you can go to bcia.org to find a certified provider. I do work with people in person and remotely all over the world because we send you equipment and we work with you. But here's what it is. Biofeedback is conscientious control, right? You're consciously controlling your what's called an autonomic function, your breath, your heart rate, your temperature. And its main purpose, most of the time we're using it for stress. We're using it for pain. Um, and muscle control. These are the top three things that we're using it for. Mm -hmm. You have to be aware and engaged. And it's really often about regulating your breath and then doing an action. So why would we worry about muscle control? Well, sometimes your muscles get stuck in a certain place and then you're in a lot of pain. So you learn to train to put it down and and do that. So those are some of the biggest reasons to choose. It's easy. It's inexpensive. Devices can be little, like You can use temperature dots and, you know, what are temperature dots? I love temperature dots. You can look them up on Amazon. They're super cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, When we warm our body, we go into what's called an alpha state, which is the same brainwave that comes out when you do a lot of things, enjoyable things, including um, having sex, smoking pot, and drinking alcohol. So when you heat up your body, you can use these temperature dots and you put them on your hand and you literally say... I'm warming up my body, I'm getting hot. And you tell yourself that, and guess what? Your brain will believe that and will start heating up your body. And it produces a relaxing effect. It's pretty cool. If you're listening, you don't need the temperature dot. You literally can just sit there, look at your hand, put it it together, clasp it, it, just seems to work better. And just say, I'm gonna start getting hot, I'm gonna start getting hot and you'll notice a relaxation in your body, right? Sort of like when you get under the covers, right? Um, and then neurofeedback is different. We are training the subconscious to get into a regulated state um, and dysregulated brain waves. When that happens, you see things like focus problems, depression, anxiety, pain. And it can show up in a lot of different ways. And through the use of technology, we train that subconscious by giving it visual and auditory feedback to produce a healthy combination. And really, really simply, if you can imagine you are hooked to a computer, nothing comes through the wires, your brain in two to three seconds will say, oh, if I push down this brain wave and increase this brain wave, typically what the reinforcement is, a movie will play. The movie won't play. And then there'll be all these other reinforcements like auditory points, different things going on at the same time. And literally your brain will go, oh, okay. Two to three seconds. I'm going to, it's going to produce a healthy combination of brainwaves. And I I use it for every clinical condition under the sun, anxiety, OCD, um, do a lot of PANS, PANDAS, and Lyme. And you have to do, most people are doing two or three sessions a week, they're 30 minutes. And it's a commitment because it's training, like working out, you can't do two or three sessions and be thin at the gym. You really need to do a series of sessions. So most people are committing to, Somewhere between probably around 40 sessions is probably the average for most people, but it creates lasting change in the brain and then it reduces these clinical symptoms. It's pretty awesome. And it gets you in a
0: rhythm too of, uh, right, of even setting aside, like you said, just the 10 minutes a day. Yeah. You're making that commitment and just creating a habit. To, right, to, absolutely. to begin with. Um,
1: and so, once the body ahead. is regulated, it's so easy to maintain these other healthy habits that are little, right? Like, no, you know, I certainly have done this and then, you know, you can just do breath work a few, few a minute of breath work and you're like, and your system just gets right back. It's sort of like, Oh yeah, let me just do this one little adjustment on my, um, on my car and boom, it's like brand new. It's the same kind of thing. It's really just Keeping it a well-oiled machine. This is our only brain and body we got, right? You know. Well
0: said. Yeah, I, I, you've got me thinking. i my whole four, seven, eight breath work, and uh, I'm do gonna, it. I, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm I'm taking it away now, Doctor Rowe. I, I I definitely make sure that we we cover everything thoroughly. Uh, and, and thorough is a, uh, you know, is, is left to interpretation, of course, in different ways. We certainly got into uh, some stress and anxiety, coping skills and resilience and kids, the reps protocol, uh, neurofeedback, biofeedback. Uh, what else? I want to make sure that we're, we're complete here in and around uh, aspects of your book, It's Gonna Be Okay, that you want to touch on here that you think is uh, certainly obviously relevant, uh, so that we don't miss talking about it. Yeah. What, 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 that's well, my catch all question.
1: Yeah, no, okay. I mean, so, you know, really my book, it's going to be okay. I mean, it's written for parents, but it's really the eight pillars of reducing and reversing mental health symptoms for everybody Mm -hmm. and it really just takes you through in a very easy to, if you're listening to me talk, this is how I talk all the time. Um, and I take the science, I take all the nerdy stuff for you. I show you what needs to happen exactly in a step-by-step way. And so I break down these huge, huge fields, like, you know, genetics, right. You know, Oh, you know, how, how do genetic mutations impact my mental health? Well, it's all in there and you need to know about it. And you're going to be pretty inspired to know that even though genetic mutations are completely on the rise and one of the biggest factors you don't know about in why you might have a mental health problem or your kid has a mental health problem, show you exactly what to do about it. And so you can be, instead of being like, oh my God, I have this genetic mutation because Dr. Rose got it too. Um, and okay, my liver doesn't process this as much and I'm not detoxifying properly. It it literally gives you these tools that create, these big waves, these little waves that create big waves. So, you know, it's really, if somebody feels like whether they are like more holistic in general, or they're just stuck. I mean, and this is really where people come to me, Matt, is they're stuck. They've tried meds, they've tried this, they've tried that, and they're not really understanding. And so the base of my work is regulating the nervous system, coming in with new learning. That is the it, that is science people. Right. Why do people not get better? We have to calm down that central nervous system. And the book is just filled with ways that you can take action on and really create that change, whether it's for your kid or yourself. And hopefully most of my peeps, Matt, when they come in for their kids are like, man, I'm tired, man, I'm stressed. Right. They're already well
0: past the point of, of, uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: And they start doing these things for themselves and they get to see, you know, and, and, you know, it's about changing what we think about mental health. I mean, I've been doing this work for 30 years and um, still today, you know, you know, I, who do I treat? I mean, I treat like the kids of physicians, <laughs> teachers, Why? because they see what works and what doesn't like, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing, you know? Um, And, and obviously people are really having a hard time. I have a lot of extreme cases, but as I do these things, I'm also getting, you know, pans and pandas, sudden onset of a psychiatric problem due to typically infectious trigger or a toxic trigger. And overnight you can have extreme psychiatric problems, but Often I get people this week, last week I had somebody who was year nine of the problem, even though they were going in to doctors and saying, we think we have this, we think we have this textbook case. Like it, they should, the, the physicians and multiple physicians are negligent. Like it's criminal what happened to this beautiful woman. Um, and then in the same week, I got two moms within the first two months Who went to their doctor and said, oh, this is a mental health problem. This is not physical. And they were like, I heard it on a podcast. I learned about this PANS. This is what my kids got. And they said, forget about it. And they called me and I'm like, your kid's going to be fine. Your kid's going to be okay your kid's going to be okay. You caught it. Not that my nine, the person in the nine years is going to be okay too. It's just a lot more pain. It's a lot more hurt. The the OCD is much more severe. The anxiety is more severe. The depression is more severe. And so we have to do a lot more. And, And I don't believe we, I think it's, we're doing such an injustice. So this book is my 30 years of research where, and all the work that I do that people have to pay thousands of dollars to work with me But you can buy the book for $18.95 and you can do a lot of self-healing, not a hundred percent self-healing, but I do believe when we use these tools, not I believe, I see that they really create massive change for people. So that's what I want people to know. It's really about giving people hope and belief in the tools.
0: So needed and naturally so timely. And at the same point, Dr. Rowe is, you know, a lot of what I'm hearing and the techniques that you're describing are also about preventative and just good mindfulness practices to get into the habits of. So, uh, you know, you don't necessarily need to to wait for there to be a problem to no. have to, you know, integrate these, uh, these kinds of techniques. They are in fact, what also prevents the problem from happening. So uh, I certainly want to encourage everyone to check that out. We're going to have that in the show notes for sure. Um, is that, is that complete? You feel like we've got, uh, Yeah, I mean, that's really
1: it. And, and all I, you know, wherever people are at, I mean, this, you have people that are, are listening to improve their mental health, like, wherever you're at, you know, just know that you just need to take a step and take an action and maybe breath is where it's at, or maybe it's adding more fat into your diet, because fat gets your neurotransmitters working, right? So wherever you start is where you need to start. You need to just do it and stick with it, right? And know that this idea that there's, my magic wand is coming out again. Um <laughs> There's no magic wand. No. That's really what I try to say to people because I just worry that people are out of hope and I get it. But I want them to understand that they need to have hope, and that they can really, really create this change for themselves.
0: Well, there's more than hope. There are there are ways to address yeah. what needs to happen. In, Science, has ways, my friend. It's it's uh, it's essential, uh, Doctor Rowe. Uh, I want to make sure we're okay on time. I hope here because we're going to get to some insights to live by. Uh, but before we do, if this is okay, we have a segment on the show. Not sure if you are aware, where we want to get a little bit of a few insights about you. And here you say we have this this wheel of insights about Doctor Rowe. Are you are you where this was coming your way
1: today? I I think I knew about this. Go for it. Did you? Okay. Well, I'm I'm clearly not shy, Matt. So go ahead.
0: Ah, here we're looking at your definition to distinguish your perspective on the difference between discipline and motivation. Does that ring true? Now, I I should say two things, Doctor Rowe. One is. You can pass. No, I'm going to take
1: it. I like this question. Uh, and you are the only one to ever get this question. So Okay, pretty cool. All right, here we go. So for me, motivation is what you want to do, right? And discipline is the steps that you take to get to your goal, right? So, you know, you're motivated to do something, a goal, small or big, and discipline are is those steps towards that goal. That's it. I like
0: it. Fair yeah. enough. And direct. Let's keep moving on to the next. Ah, Dr. Rowe, this is about an obstacle that you have overcome.
1: You know, big or
0: small doesn't have to be like, you know, you have to go all the way on this, but what are your thoughts? What comes to mind? You know,
1: we're talking about parenting. So I'm just going to share a parenting obstacle. I think that um, I think one of the biggest obstacles I've had to overcome with my son getting Lyme disease at 22 months. So we're 14 years plus in, um, is that in the beginning, I thought it was a sprint and that I thought every treatment was going to cure it. And then I realized about seven years in that it was a marathon And that I needed to slow down. I needed to take things differently. And, and a lot of that was a learning curve and not under, we did, we don't know about infectious disease, but so I think for me, it was just realizing that like wherever you're at, whether it's a health issue or a mental health issue, you've, you've just gotta be patient with it. And, and right. uh, not that I didn't trust the process, I over the process and just took a different mindset. And it was like, healing's going to occur on its own damn time. I'm going to continue to work on it, but I'm not going to be like, this is it. Oh, defeat. You know what I mean? And it was like, oh, okay. We got this kind of wiggle room. So it's, it's really that lesson that healing is not, um, vertical, it's it moves in a vertical direction, but can go back and forth if you can imagine sort of the stock market line, right? Right. It's <laughs> right. a tough
0: balance, uh, you know, between optimism and resilience. Yes. To get to get through that, and uh, you know, of course, you want to be optimistic and hope for the best, young child. And Lyme yeah. disease, you know, is very tricky. Um, I, I believe that you were also involved in the Lyme disease cause. And look
1: before my own kid headline. Is that right? So long before my own kid. Uh, That's the way it works, Matt. You know what I mean? Like you're doing something, but it's, you know, it's about holding the vision and adjusting for the circumstance. Like you just have to keep believing and then, you know, not giving up hope, but but also just that, that adrenaline drive in a sprint is so different than when you know, you've got a marathon. So I always try to tell my parents like, hold on and that's why i talk a lot about a magic wand they're they're not they're not being unrealistic that's just what they've they don't know any different so it's helping to understand like again healing has its own trajectory right we're gonna hack into it with science but um you can't predict
0: yeah yeah thank you for sharing that yeah um i know that's i know that's near and dear for obvious reasons all right we're gonna go one more time and then we'll get to your insights to live by what do we have in store here for dr Rowe? Big question mark in 10 years,
1: in, in ten, 10
0: years, you, in, this can go anywhere. Years. You could be on the beach, you could be
1: mm. the president. Well, you know, I'll still be working. Okay. So, cause I like to work. So that's it. And I'll only be, you know, in my sixties. So why wouldn't I be working? Get it, you know, um, but a I, I definitely hope to be at least a legal full-time resident of Florida in 10 years. Good call. Um, you know, my big audacious goal is to really change the way we view and treat, you know, children's mental health. And I am making a dent. So in 10 years, like I really want to see people just utilizing, uh, natural effective methods before they do other things and right. creating change. Like actually right. having positive change. I also would love to see 15 minute periods at every school in America. How about a globe of things like meditation and yoga? How about that?
0: So needed. You know, a medication's not gonna teach a child resilience. Uh, or dealing with stress, or helping become more emotionally mature, you know, to deal with the things that impact their mental health. And and I know that you're, uh, uh, you know, an advocate just the same of that. Um, I'm not, I'm not dissing medication for- Neither am I. I'm just saying
1: we've got to teach skills, right? You know what I mean? So, and I just want to create an awareness and bring hope to parents who are like, what do you mean? Because people come to me and they're like, why did my doctor tell me about this? And then they get mad. And I'm like, hold on, you're here, it's the right time for you to be here. But I also want to change that dialogue. I want parents to really cr- have that em- empowerment that they really are the cultivators of success for their kids, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I imagined if you, if, if you were asking, well, how would Dr. Rowe answer this question? I would have gotten it right, right? Your, your, your impact, Florida, not sure, I pre- but you're in Connecticut, Right. I'm so in Connecticut.
1: That's a lot of shit. I also need legal tax evasion, Matt. You ah, know what I mean? Jeff Bezos tricks in and tax strategy. Add
0: beaches to that. You'll be doing fine.
1: I love a beach. You know what I mean? Of course.
0: Of course. So now that does segue into your insights to live by. Naturally, this doesn't necessarily have to do with anything having yeah. to do with your professional endeavors. It's just life lessons, anything you yeah. want to share, advice that you often hear yourself giving others. Um,
1: I have oh, a lot what? of Dr. Rowisms ah, as they're called. Got it. Um it's hard I could choose. What's your <laughs> first insight to live by? I would say always trust your gut. I think when we are feeling sad or worried or grieving or anxious, we don't trust our gut. It's like we mm-hmm. want to disconnect from it. But our gut is there and I think that you know when we listen to that we feel more confident about the choices we make, you know, cause put them one of my other big ones is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no for me. And it's because I trust my gut. So it's helped me to really, you know, my parents really, um, cultivated that in me. And, um, it's also why I'm confident and, you know, make good choices. I'm not saying I didn't do fun things. Trust me. I did fun things, but, you know, trust your gut and, you know, believe in yourself and believe in your own, um, ability to heal yourself, whatever is going on and and use tools and never be afraid to reach out for help. Absolutely. I think we're seeing in this time of this pandemic, like just open conversations about mental health. Right. Um, and I love that. It's great. Yeah, I
0: mean, there are some definite, you know, telehealth. I know that's something you've been yeah. very involved in. You you know, you teach other clinicians, uh, you know, about uh, best practices in and around that. Uh, you know, there are, you know, out of the bad is, is good. And, and we can certainly look to that. And, uh, you know, to your, to your insight, uh, absolutely trusting your intuition. I mean, analysis paralysis can be stressful. Yes, So, oh, it
1: definitely can
0: in alignment with, uh, with what it is that you're, you know, you, you preach, you're, you're also talking about practicing here because we are getting more in tune with our bodies and, uh, the mindfulness approaches, you're going to be better at trusting your gut. It all goes together.
1: It does. It's all connected mind, body, spirit.
0: I love it. I love it um i wish we had another three hours dr Rowe. we could just obviously can continue <laughs> clubhouse, with clubhouse matt only that's what clubhouse is for <laughs> it's fair. now that does bring us to your second insight to live by your dr Roweism. i know it's hard to choose from uh, the yeah. many of them you have what would you like to share
1: oh i have so many funny things like so many so many good things i mean i just trust your you gut just, yeah trust your gut All but right. i would i would say you know see always, you know, I I mentioned, you know, your brain will believe what you tell it. So tell it good things like Mm. just see success, little, little successes, big successes. We always get hung up on these big things. Right. And we don't recognize the little things. So see and celebrate the little wins. I I like that.
0: I'm just letting it sink in. It it brings back to uh, our earlier part of the conversation, where we are so hard on ourselves and we might get ahead of ourselves about what it's like to you know, use the example of the child and how instead of getting into some kind of uh, a disagreement with somebody, they foresee a better engagement or we're going to play something together and have it be positive. And along the same lines, you know, to catch yourself and to be self aware so that you are putting yourself in the mindset of an expectation around. Something positive. And I'm definitely an advocate of what we expect does tend to happen. Mm -hmm. So putting those expectations in play to be positive is something uh, too easily overlooked. And uh, It is. And I
1: think people don't really understand, again, being this brain nerd, you know, they don't understand like it's a hack right? Like successful people, athletes, this is what they do. They are visualizing and saying positive things, right? A batter doesn't go up to bat and say, I'm going to stink. He's like, I'm going to hit this out of the park. So why don't we use those same things for little things too, right? You know, it makes a big difference.
0: I like it. Yeah. So far, I'm not sure how you can get more practical than your first two insights to live by. Uh, I'm not sure if you're looking at the third one here on a level playing field, this could be the, the, you know, the big you know kahuna the big the big dr roism yeah um what's your third insight to live by
1: i would say have fun and be playful so i think that we are so freaking serious and you know i talk about serious stuff. I, I help people every day. I have like wonderful, wonderful people that I'm able to help. And, um, and I think that we forget the power of humor and laughter and how it, De-stresses, it helps neurotransmitters come out, all these fair feel good. And and also as a parent, it's gonna teach your kid like just like you know, we were cracking after I got that speeding ticket. We I I mean my kids are still razzing me about it. I mean, my little guy actually took a second to grab my phone and take a picture of the cop. So I mean, it's awesome. just really funny, you know what I mean? And like it was like, oh, you better not get a speeding ticket, you know, and again, it's just it's a great diffuser. And And it just gives your kids like I am definitely somebody who is a great person under stress, like I'm the captain of the ship when it's going down. I'm the girl you want right when it's there, because I go into a zone I use every resource I can to diffuse people and humor is always part of that. So being playful doesn't mean you're not taking it serious. It means that, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're using what can help in that moment and, you know, tension and friction will happen your kid doesn't have a problem. It's just normal development. So if you can joke about it, um, you know, your teenager, that's not wearing their deodorant, you know, your teenager that's I'm using teenagers cause they're paying the the took us or your toddler right, right. that's about to melt down. You know, I would go up to my, my, my boys and, and be like, who's going to lose it, you know, and just joke and <laughs> stuff like, like that or, or whatever. And then my kids would just, they would just laugh, you know what I mean? And then I, and then I get them to laugh and I'd be like, what do we need to do? What do you, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? And then they would figure it out. You know what I mean? And I would put it back on them coping skills. So it's great. And I think in a time when everybody thing feels so heavy, it's great to laugh. So take yeah. those moments and, you know, bring playfulness into the world. It's, it's such a lifter and it helps in so many ways.
0: It is. It's an essential reminder that we do have a choice. Yeah. And, and, and if you're going to make a choice, playfulness and fun. Sounds like the right one. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna we do it, it in our there. house
1: every day. And if you're hanging it. out with me at work, you're gonna get a couple Dr. Rowe jokes. It's just the way it works.
0: I appreciate it. Next time I'm in Connecticut, <laughs> I'll swing by. It'd be awesome. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, Dr. Rowe. Um, well, we're gonna wrap up here, uh, I, I would like to, uh, you know, hear one more time, you know, where people can find you. We'll put that in the show notes. Would it be okay to we have him another minute or two to go back to the wheel? Yeah, let's do it. Can we? Yeah. I, I, I just want to see what happens. Um, nothing on here with a magic wand, but oh, 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 here it is. What Ooh, uh, else? We almost got the karma questions. Oh, what answers. else you'd what be? What else you'd be? Oh, I, I already know not, the
1: answer to this. Yeah,
0: if you were oh. not Dr. Rowe, you had mm-hmm. your, ma- this is a magic wand type question. Yeah. You waited.
1: What are you? This is so easy. It's not even funny. So please know I had a divine download and an intervention, like a calling at a five years old to do this work. And I remember the moment and it was, this is what I needed to do. And that's the path that I took. So when you know yourself and you listen to yourself, you just do it. Right. So it's pretty awesome. There's one thing I'd be doing if I I don't want to say if I could, but it would it would be really fun. It's like, I say this all the time because I love to talk. I'd be a QVC host. QVC, call me. Get me on. So, um, or a talk show host. You know, I'm waiting for the Today Show to call me because I'm only an hour and 20 I minutes see away. It. I saw a picture so. of you with Oprah. Oh, I know. How awesome was that? Meeting yeah. Oprah was like, she is my mental health idol. She has done more for mental health. Right. In America, and since she got on TV, you know, was on TV, she's opened up this dialogue. She's fast-tracked mental health a 100 years, you know, so she's done a lot for, for that. So, yeah, well, so I would are- say being, being a talk show host or, or something like that would be something that I would I would actually love to do. So
0: wonderful. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you know, you're working, you know, the whole podcast activity that you've got going on. Um, you're always in high demand, even before this uh, new book you yeah. got. Uh, on all these, uh, I am
1: on TV all the time. I was on right. every single day last week, literally every single day. So, um, it's not that much of a stretch, but a talk yeah. show is different. It's like it's a podcast, true. it's really it's fun true. conversations. I'd like to see that maybe in 10 years. We can combine these two, maybe next week You know, <laughs> next week, I've actually awesome. been contacted twice to be on a reality show. Um, so who knows what will happen? I'm
0: just going to put that in my, in my forward thinking mindset.
1: Yeah. I, of, one, I, one was a hard, no, I didn't like
0: it A hard. No, in a fun yeah. and playful way that that will happen. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, it's like, I didn't like what they were going to do, but yeah, it's gotta be, it's got, again, if it's, it's not a right. hell, Trust if it's not God. a hell, yes, it's a hell no for me. So I don't do anything. I don't like, I really like how all the themes
0: of their conversation have converged in every way. It just feels (laughs) like the right moment. (laughs) Dr. Rowe. um, where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, anything else you'd like to add? This is your space.
1: Yeah. Um, So you can find me anywhere pretty much as Dr. Roseanne, R-O-S-E-A-N-N, no E and that's drrosanne.com on my TikTok, YouTube. Um, Instagram, Facebook is Dr. Roseanne because Somebody else had Dr. Roseanne. I didn't join Facebook till later in life. So, Mm. you know, and there's lots of free resources there. And, you know, if you go to my website and you you sign up, um, you can get a weekly newsletter. I have, um, you know, lots of things that we give to people and just trying to help educate people and empower them for change.
0: Just fantastic. Dr. Roe, thank you so much for being my guest, for helping to educate and continuing your mission uh, by way of my audience and, and parents just so in need of today's conversation and your message. Uh, you're the best and congratulations on It's Gonna Be Okay. And I'll, I'll definitely be uh, picking up that book and recommending it uh, along thank the way. You. Thank you very much. Thanks for
1: this conversation. Appreciate it. It's a
0: pleasure. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Insights to Live By. Be sure to connect with me at mattzinman.com in our happiness community and get our free video series, 3 Zism's for a Better Life. Wishing you and yours an enriching day, and we'll see you next time.